Tony has begun, our pastor Tony has begun his annual February sojourn where he, I don't know, he, I saw pictures of him visiting our, our southernmost location as a church in North Carolina where many of our members have moved over the last few years. And so when he's gone, we have an amazing opportunity to hear from others. And Pastor Sue is going to be leading us. He's a minister of word and sacrament, so he will be preaching from the word as well as um, leading us in the table. And Karen's going to talk a little bit briefly, briefly, about New City Kids, so you have a better context for what they do and why they're here. So you're going to use this. Okay. Good afternoon, or good morning, I should say. Um, as Kevin said, I'm Karen. I serve as a deacon here at Redeemer, um, and I oversee the college readiness program at New City Kids. Um, it's always my pleasure to be here with my teens Makes me really happy. <laughs> um, so many of you are familiar with New City Kids already, so I won't share a lot. Um, but we're national, and we are a Christian ministry. We're in Jersey City, Patterson, New Jersey, Grand Rapids, Michigan, and as of last month, Detroit, Michigan as well. Um, so we are expanding. It's very exciting. Thank you. Um, we empower youth to break the cycle of generational poverty in their families. Um, and one of the ways we do that is um, by promoting academic success, um, musical, uh, creative development, leadership development, um, and spiritual development, of course. Um, so those are our four pillars. Um, and we have some slides that are running through here. Um, our, one of our most powerful results is that within the last 10 years, 100% of our teens have graduated high school, 94% have graduated college already or are currently on track to graduate college. Thank you. Um, and I would like to share with you that we have a, our largest upcoming event um, called Spring Production. Um, hopefully many of you have attended in the past. Um, this year's theme is called Reversal, and so it's a demonstration of how God reverses the things we experience, things like sorrow, fear, guilt, um, and pain, and reverses that into hope, joy, um, and life. So you will hear more about that at spring production. Um, we have many different um, times uh, that that's going to be offered, and I have some materials in the back. We have a table. Um, I hope that you'll stop by that table on your way out. Um, and this year we have a little bit of a, a shift where we're offering this performance for free. Yep, that's right, free. You heard that correctly. However, it is a fundraising event, and so if you attend the show and you do feel moved, um, I really hope that you will give generously at that event. Um, we're going to have not just our teens performing, but also our younger children in our after-school center. So it's children as young as age six. Um, all the way up through the end of high school. Um, and you're going to experience musical performances, vocals, dance, and spoken word. Um, so you'll be able to hear how the word of God is working in the lives of our youth. Um, it's really a blessing. Spring production is really the reason why I'm at New City. I attended about three years ago and just felt incredibly moved and felt the desire to dedicate myself to that work, and thankfully it was part of God's plan as well. Um, so I am there and have been for two years. 
Um, so anyway, I really encourage you to come. Um, we do, even though it is free and you don't need to buy your ticket, we're asking you to please reserve your seat um, so that we know how many people will be attending. Um, so you can do that online or you can do it in the back at the table. I have just manual sign sheet um, for you. So I hope to see you at the end. And now I'd like to invite up Pastor Sue Kim. So I hear we're on the time crunch. Yeah? All right. Well, I'll cut out half of my Greek exegetical work then. We'll be okay. It's fine. But it's weird. I hear there's just like basketball going on after this. I feel like maybe me, four of our top players here, Redeemer Hoking, we should just play the kids and just play for the court. But we're going to be a little bit more Christian than that. And we are going to be gracious and we're going to be good stewards of our time. And yes. Today's scripture reading comes from Isaiah chapter 61, verses 1 through 3. You'll see it on the screen here. Um, Feel free to read along if you are so moved, because the Spirit is definitely present. And the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and release from darkness for the prisoners to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. Would you just pray with me once more before we uh, begin today's sermon? Lord, um, I have no doubt that the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon us today. As we worship here, Lord, in spirit and in truth, Lord, and one body in Christ, we come and confess um, our deep, deep, deep need in you, Lord. For Father, we need a Savior, we need a King, uh, we need a Redeemer, and that is only in you and your Son, Jesus Christ. So God, I just pray that you would lead us today in the faithful hearing of your word, and I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing to you, O Lord, our Rock and Redeemer. In Christ's name, amen. Amen. All right. So, we're going to jump right into it. Jubilee is known as this kind of special anniversary or a celebration But Jubilee is also kind of another way for us, you know, in our modern language to say extreme joy or a happiness. But for us, we as Christians, how do you and I define Jubilee? According to Leviticus chapter 25 verse 9, it starts with a loud trumpet that proclaims liberty throughout the country on the Day of Atonement. And this happens actually after 49 years. Then every 50th year, 50th year, it was to be announced as a jubilee year. So at that point, all real property, property actually reverts back to the original owners and those who sold themselves into uh, bondage because of their debts, they would then regain their freedom. In addition, this jubilee year was actually known to be a year of rest. Rest for the people and actually rest for the land itself. Jubilee, then, if we understand it correctly in biblical terms, is a time of forgiveness, it is a time of joy, and it is a time of rest. Now, let me ask you, church, right now, who here could use some forgiveness? Who here could use some joy? Who here needs rest? 
Isaiah 61 then is this prophecy of hope for the Israelites. But it is a message of their salvation and a proclamation of their salvation as well. Verse 1 really speaks of this anointing that we have when the Spirit of, the, of God is upon us. Can I ask you all here right now, how many of us feel that right now we are asked to do too much at our jobs? Just raise your show of hands right now. If your boss is here, just keep it down. But rest, okay. Stephanie, I'm your boss. You can't raise your hand. Okay. <laughs> how many of us are asked to lead a project that goes beyond our job description or to take over for other people in our workplace who are either not doing their part? Don't raise your hand yet on this one. How many of us feel that we have to just take on too much then at home, taking care of responsibilities within the house as well as children and other family members when you feel that other people should be doing their part? This feeling of taking on more than we could is actually really understood within the Bible. Because if we look to Moses, we see that he was a man of confused identity, asked to take on an adversary in such a strong political leader who had all the resources and convictions to thwart any kind of rebellion by the Israelites. And yet, Moses was a man who felt the tangible realness of the spirit of the sovereign Lord through that burning bush. The spirit of the sovereign Lord, then, is not just some short platitude that makes us feel as if God is in control. I'm going to just shorten it down to acronyms because at New City Kids, we love acronyms, all right? The SOSL is no clever acronym, asking for help in an emergency that is delivered by the Lord. No, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is a reminder to us that the nation of Israel that is often forgetful, that our God is and will always be a God who is in control. Amen? Okay, I'm going to ask a lot of response here. It is our God then who has already seen our very moments of being overwhelmed. He knows that moment in us right now. It is our God who knows what it means to have too much to bear. Yet it is our God who reminds us of our identity, which is given with his anointing, and which we sang about earlier today. This anointing is this kind of literal blessing with oil or with calling. Let me really just proclaim this onto you, church, if you've ever questioned it. All of us here, all of us have calling. We are not all called to be pastors or deacons or leaders, but yet we are all called. You and I are all anointed. What are we called to do? To proclaim good news to the people who need to hear it. This calling is given to servants. God doesn't need them, the most qualified of people, to share the good news, he just needs people who he has called and people who he has anointed. And that's us. Church, can't you just see the New City Kids metaphor right now? Come on. All right. Well, I'm going to jump to it. Look right here, okay? Oh, McGelfie's not here today, but it's okay. This is McGelfie. Um, she's the teen in the black shirt who is teaching, uh, I believe, Noriah, uh, this is at my site, um, how to play the keyboard. And I love this because this is such a beautiful picture of what it means to be called and anointed. Prior to any of our teens coming to New City, some of them might have a musical background, but yet they come knowing that this is a place where they'll be welcomed, where they'll a place where they will learn, and they will be challenged. Notice how 
I am not teaching that class because it would be a mess if I taught that class. And yet we have McGelfie teaching complex things like chords and versions, all these things. And I'm actually learning the keyboard right now. I sneak into the class every single day and try to learn a little bit myself. And she is such a great teacher, and she is the one proclaiming that good news. So if you ever felt overwhelmed in your current situation and you think that the spirit of the sovereign Lord isn't on you, Think about what the young men and women of New City Kids go through on a daily basis. They go to school, right? And then they excel in their classrooms as leaders and role models. Their day doesn't end. Then they come straight into a workplace where they are now the teachers and tutors in those classrooms. Another picture here of Loren uh, tutoring uh, one of our most troubling but loving students, Adonis. Yes. Our teen interns are undoubtedly anointed with calling. They are sharing good news to the very children of Jersey City. They are reminding the kids from the very same neighborhoods as them that they are God's beloved, that they are his chosen sons and daughters, that with them he is well pleased. Amen? Amen. So this affirmation of calling is what our teens really do for entire communities every single day. Isaiah 61 then is beautiful in its imagery, but it is a radical call for you and I right now to accept God's bigger plan for our lives. Do you know that he wants to use you and he wants to use me? But why? Why would God want to use us? Because there are right now people who are brokenhearted. There are people who need freedom and people who are very much in darkness, as Isaiah 61 proclaims. Hoboken and Jersey City have some of the vastest disparities of wealth and opportunity for our young people. This is a lamentation of our time, but also a recognition for our Savior that goes beyond politics or any kind of ideology. But how do we do this? And how does this work? Because originally this passage, it was never about us to begin with. It was about Jesus. So this year of Jubilee, then, is desperately needed, not just for the people of Israel, but it's needed for us. This year of Jubilee is something we need today, yet our Jubilee, our freedom, and our forgiveness, and our joy, that's only in Jesus. Amen? Jesus brought Jubilee 2,000 years ago when he came to earth. In Luke chapter 4, Jesus opens the scroll and reads Isaiah 61 in his hometown of Nazareth, only to be rejected by the very people who are still looking for the Messiah when he's literally speaking in front of them. Church, so often we have become the very people looking for the Messiah and kind of rejecting him as he's right in front of us. We become the people looking for a marriage or a relationship to bring us meaning or wholeness. We look for the perfect job with the perfect boss who will recognize all that we do for a company and give us every chance to be recognized. We look for a right neighborhood to plant our family and the school that will reassure us that our children will be safe and will never go through struggles. The more we look for outside measures to sustain our soul's longings, the more we miss that Isaiah 61 is actually fulfilled only through Jesus Christ and Christ alone. He comforted the brokenhearted. Jesus is the one who brought freedom. Jesus is the one who brought light. 
Jubilee, then, is not something that you and I have to wait for every 50 years. But it's something you and I can celebrate every day because we have this restored relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen? Jubilee, then, was actually this new covenant made through Jesus' life, his death, and his resurrection from the cross. Jubilee is written in Romans that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Let's just think about that for a second. That in knowing our worst moments, knowing the entire span of our lives, our successes, our failures, our times that we would renounce Jesus and choose anything but Jesus, Jesus saw that entire span and said, I still choose you that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Jubilee, then, is the love of the Father that he would give his one and only Son so that we would have eternal life with him. We sang Reckless Love, right? And it's a great song. It stirs us affections for Jesus. But do we understand what we're saying? We're saying we worship a, a God who would pursue us without abandon, without reason in a sense, because to God, it made so much more sense to leave the 99 and pursue us. So when we recognize now that Jubilee is already here with us, you and I need to make some changes in our lives. Verse 3 talks about the changes that you and I can make. We can't miss Pastor Tony in, in one of her things, right? All right, so. <laughs> I, I asked I ask Keldy this in advance for her permission, all right? Keldy's the teen here. And basically... This, it's kind of crazy this is what I get to do in my job. Uh, this is only a part of my job, but I get to do, uh, be a part of City Sale that um, Pastor Tony was, you know, he was a founder of. And Keldy here is a teen. Keldy has been a kid in New City Kids. Uh, she's a teen. And she's actually on the worship team, but she just, um, yeah, she's so involved. She's amazing. But at the start of this, this summer, right, um, she was just starting to kind of get comfortable with the idea of working for City Sale. So we still keep that very same model. Teens are teaching other kids how to do this very thing. And this, there's teaching an instrument, which is incredibly hard. There's tutoring kids, incredibly hard. Teens teaching kids how to sail a boat. It's another level because, like, there's lives at stake here. And just look at Kelly's face there. I don't know if it's Tony who's making her nervous, but clearly there's just some kind of anxiety within her, all right? And this was just at the very start of the summer. But we had an entire summer where um, she and I got to learn together. We got to practice docking. We did man overboard drills. Um, I think last summer there was maybe a few teens here where I, I jumped off the boat to scare a few people, and they did a man overboard drill. I know, it worked. We're a little crazy, okay? But Keldy, at the end of the summer, right, we had this uh, unique opportunity to, um, does anyone know uh, Greta Thunberg? the young activist, um, she was actually sailing in, right, across the Atlantic, and then basically there was an organized uh, flotilla of boats uh, coming in to greet her, and they asked us to be a part of it. And so like, yes, oh, this is exciting, but um, who are we going to have at the helm? And I was just like, you know what, if we're going to really recognize young leaders, why not have a young leader um, at the helm? And this is what happened. <laughs> <laughs> Keldy, in the midst of this, right, this, actually, this was an intense day of sailing because it was raining, it was windy, it wasn't clear, and it's not that there were one boat. Remember, I said a flotilla. There were like 30 other boats in this crammed Hudson area, and yet she was mastering all of it. 
And what I was just so proud of was more than the fact that um, she was ready to take on the responsibility, but really she was, knew that in the experience that she had this summer and the biblical disciplines that we also instilled within her and our teens, she just had confidence not in herself, but also in the Lord. And that was just the powerful thing, and that's why she could actually be the one in charge while we were doing this sale. So we could jump back now to verse 3, where we're talking about ashes instead of beauty. Back then, ashes were the sign of mourning, and God has now turned our mourning into dancing, our sadness into joy. God is then the only one who can transform such sadness into joy. Amen? Amen. So right now, let me ask you, church. Are you lonely? Are you sad? Are you anxious? Or are you labored? If you are, your only hope to change or to grow or to get from that point is through Christ. I need to emphasize this again. Christ is our jubilee. Christ is the one who takes all of our sin and our brokenness and then he turns it into royalty. Instead of death and hell, he gives us this crown, making us one with him now in righteousness. Amen? This is the God we worship. A God who turns us from lonely sinners to now a family of royalty and righteousness. Isaiah creates this real picture of this transformation. Now let me ask you, when you think of God's majesty and splendor, what do you think of? Do you think of space? Do you think of mountains and rivers? Isaiah makes it very, very simple. Something that you and I see every day. Trees. But these are trees that are planted in streams of water. These are trees that last. These are trees that grow in the midst of changing seasons and storms. I want to show you one last um, experience of mine, and this happened last week, actually. There we go. Oh, none of the guys are here, but it's okay. All right. So this was actually um, the last shot of the guys' retreat we had. Um, So every year we take our teens on an annual retreat, um, and I had the pleasure of being with uh, these young men and a few more um, to uh, disciple them, have fellowship, and to grow in our love for the Word. Um, These are, I can show you right now, that's Jalen, Horace, Beshoy, and Tyler. All four of them promised and guaranteed me that they were not coming to this retreat. Okay? It was hard to get them there, all right? We had to bring on just one more staff just to get them there, all right? But they eventually came. And through that moment, right, through that weekend, um, as fun, as chaotic, I think what really grew was just our love for one another and also our love for the Lord. And I think that's the beauty of what we get to do and see the transformation that when Christ is our jubilee, life just seems not just better, but also we grow from those tough moments. And these young men... They went back with a refreshment, with a joy, going back into their homes and bringing this joy of the Lord into their homes. They are these oaks of righteousness that verse 3 talks about. You and I are these oaks of righteousness because Jesus takes our shame and our pain and instead he gives us an eternal jubilee. Do you wish then to to be a tree that is rooted in God's word? What if Redeemer Hoboken was the church that is deeply rooted in God's word? Couldn't we then proclaim good news to the poor? Couldn't we then set the captives free? 
God already made the biggest exchange for us by giving us Jesus Christ to death and instead received all the sons and daughters in us. Amen? So let us make this exchange now. You and I, let us make this exchange, laying down our burdens and our sins in exchange for a crown of beauty. Let us now become oaks of righteousness. Let us pray. Lord God, we humbly come before you and we know that we are saved by grace. For it is by grace we have been saved through faith. This is not from ourselves. This is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. And Lord, right now, some of us still have heaviness in our hearts thinking that we are too far away from you right now. But Lord, it says in your scripture, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. So God, we cling to that truth and we proclaim on your salvation. And we simply ask, just as David did, restore unto us the joy of your salvation and renew a right spirit within us today, Lord. And I pray that each and every one of us would be convicted to now become oaks of righteousness, planted in streams of water in your word so that we can proclaim good news. We can set the captives free, Lord. We can bring light to where it is needed. And God, I am so thankful that you give us more than we can bear because now this forces us to depend on a holy, righteous, and rescuing God. Father, we cannot do this work of loving our neighbors without you. And God, I just pray every sing- I just pray at this moment right now that we would be challenged to answer the call of the Spirit and to really trust in you, Lord, with our lives, with our heart, with our finances. Whatever we have, Lord, may we just give it unto you, Lord. We love you. We thank you. And we pray this in your son's name. Amen.